I know some of you know who I am. Some of you have no idea who I am. I am not Jason Pettis. Um, for those of you who were, con- who were confused. Um, my name is Chad Groff. I have the opportunity of being the high school pastor here um, at Living Hope. I've been, uh, been here about, about five years. Um, I am a parent of three children. Um, one of the differences for, of 2020 for me has been that my youngest is no longer in elementary school. So now fully engaged with two in high school, one in middle school. My wife is teaching uh, virtual kindergarten. So our world is... Um, yeah, we're with you, uh, wherever that kind of looks like. Um, so this is the, the last Sunday of, of 2020. For many of you, you might feel like, oh, good, that's a, that's a relief. 2020 uh, is, is coming to an end. And, and as a church, we've been focusing on seeing what God can do. And God has been at work in this year. It's been different than we expected. It's, it, his methods have, have not um, necessarily been what we would have expected them to be, but he has done remarkable things and he has changed our rhythms and changed our ways. And, and my prayer and my hope in that is that he's pointed to, uh, to himself in that. Next Sunday, we begin a new theme, the, the idea of, of thriving. We live in a crazy chaotic world, but God has given us what we need in order to thrive in a really difficult, crazy time. He has done this before. He has brought his people through difficult, crazy times. We're in a world that has changed. COVID-19 has, has changed us. It's created a different kind of, kind of a society. And the reality is that God's people living the gospel are able to, should thrive in this, in this new way. And so we're gonna talk about that beginning next, uh, beginning next Sunday. Um, we're in the last Sunday of the, of the sermon series that we looked at around Christmas, See the Light of the World. We just sang about Jesus is that light of the world. It's easy to get distracted and kind of off kilter on, on the way that Christmas was different for most of us this year. There were some things present that weren't present before. There were some things absent. And some of the things that were present are not what they, what they used to be. And so it's easy to kind of get distracted. But my hope and my prayer for us is that we have been able to focus on the true meaning and the true light at, uh, at Christmas. And so as we, uh, as we dive in, we realize that we are in the midst of, uh, of winter. Winter, I believe, is the most polarizing season of all. Some of us, and I'm not gonna have you identify who you are because those who hate winter will probably really dislike the people who love it. Some of us love winter. We long for a break from like the heavy, humid air of the summer and we want the crisp, cold air. We wanna be able to put on our sweaters and our boots and drink hot chocolates. Some adults and some, and some kids long to see snow on the ground that lasts longer than, I don't know, 40 seconds and actually piles up um, on, on, on the ground. Um, some are happy to, to just pull out their, their, their warm stuff, their, their winter stuff. Um, kids, some of you long for a snow day in which school is canceled. You get to stay home, sledding, board games, hot chocolate, video games. Now, I, I want to tell you, and this is probably sad, okay? But your school has now learned that you don't have to be present to have school. So we may not get this beautiful thing that we used to pray for called a snow day. 
When I was younger in, in the north, we, we would have delays sometimes where it would snow. And what we wanted was for school to be delayed, but we still go. So you still got credit for school, but you didn't have to learn as much, right? That was like the thing, like a delay. Yes. Many, many of you know I'm, I'm from the north, and so I say some things weird. I don't say the phrases right. When I, when I go to get sweetened tea, like I want some unsweetened mixed with it, so it's not like actual maple syrup. Some of you think, like, that's not okay. That's, you know, you know and, and people ask me, so do they have sweet tea in the north? It's different. So I had a funny conversation with someone the other day about a toboggan. Um, I was talking about a sled, they were talking about a hat. So it was like, wait, wait, oh, oh yeah, no, I'm talking about a sled because in the north we get snow and we ride this down a hill. It's called sledding. And they were like, no, no, the hat that you wear when it gets below, I don't know, 55. <laughs> and so um, I remember a winter, um, and this caused me to really have a different view of winter. We were in, in, in New Jersey. It snowed every five days, six inches every five days. And unlike Kentucky, when it snows, it snowed there like it would stay and it actually piled up on the ground. I did not see my grass from November to March. And I remember it finally kind of melted off and you know, spring is baseball season. So I'm like, oh, we're finally gonna get to play baseball. And, oh good, April is beginning. And I remember like, okay, good, tomorrow's April. Surely in April it won't snow. My Facebook post that day was April Fool's Day, not funny, with the snow coming down in my backyard. And so some of us love winter. Others hate winter. These people hate to drive in the snow as a side observation. And this is not a judgment, but we in Bowling Green do not get enough practice driving in the snow, okay? So when it snows, we are not good at driving in the snow. First winter we were here. We got a good amount of snow. My wife calls me and she says, I almost died right by church because someone did not know how to drive in an intersection. And, all. and so some of us hate to drive in the snow. Some of us hate cold weather. We just dislike being cold. Some of us are like, look, we're beach people, we're lake people. And when it's cold, those aren't fun. So we're like, we don't like winter because we like all the, all the other things. Um, some people, you know, kind of just enjoy outside stuff and say they don't, they don't love winter. I believe the worst part of winter is the lack of light. Today is December 27th. I did some research. Tonight, the sun will set at 437. It's not, it's not okay for, to me, right? You know, now, the good news is each day, it, our days will get a little bit longer by like a minute or two. Um, December 21st is the shortest day of the year. It's winter solstice. Um, the sun rose at 6.55 and it set at 4.33. Not enough light. Winter solstice has us yearning for more light. We struggle when we have to go to work and it's dark. We come home and it's dark and it's cold. Light gives us hope gives us optimism. I know it's been cold the last couple of days, but at least if the sun is out, we at least feel like, okay, I can live, it's, it's okay. And it's even worse when we're shut in our house, when we feel like we've been shut in our house for most of, of 2020. And this, this need for light is, 
is more than just, than just physical. It changes our perspective. It changes our, our mindset. And so the more we can see, the better informed we are um, when it, and it comes to light. Jesus knew this reality. He understood this reality. He pointed to this, and he used it to teach us um, an important truth. Um, we're in John 12, 44 through 46. I invite you, please stand as I read this passage this morning, as, as we dive in. Um, John 12, 44. And Jesus cried out and said, whoever believes in me, believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me, sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. This is the word of the Lord. You can have a seat. A little bit of context here. As, as you look at this chapter in John, it kind of serves as a bit of a summary of Jesus' ministry. As you go into the next couple chapters, it's gonna begin talking about the last week of his life on earth. I'm looking towards the last supper, his death, crucifixion, resurrection. And so it, it serves as a bit of a, of a summary for his, his, teaching, his teaching ministry. Um, and it speaks of him as as light. Light changes the world, which is caught in darkness. Um, a few things to note about light. God created light first. The first thing he did was he said, let there be light. All the other aspects of creation came after light. Light is essential to life. It brings warmth. It, it, it allows us to see what is there. It brings energy by which all of life works. And so light reveals what is, what is true. And we're gonna look at three realities this morning about how Jesus is illustrated by, by, the, by the light. The first thing is, the light gives new life through faith. Verse 44, whoever believes in me believes in the one who sent me. Jesus links belief with him if with belief in, in God the Father, they can't be separated. It's not like you can say, well, I, I love God, but I don't really, I don't really love Jesus. They're, they're linked. He, he, he brings them together. Jesus refers to the Father as the one who sent him. The Father sent the Son to earth. The Son sent the Holy Spirit to comfort, to confront to bring people to the saving knowledge of the Father through the sacrifice of the Son. If you have a hard time understanding how, how we have one God and yet these three distinct persons, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, it's okay. For thousands of years, people have been studying it and seeking to understand and do not fully get their, their mind around it. But the reality is this, is that God is one we worship one God in three distinct persons, one Godhead. Jesus equates belief in him with belief in, in, in God the Father isn't new. He does that in other, in other spots. Um, John 14, 1 says, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. He joins together this idea of belief in him with belief in the Father. Because there were, there were many who, who would have believed in, in God. They would have believed in the God of the Old Testament. But they're like, okay, so who is you? And he's saying, no, no, if you believe in, in, in God the Father, you're going to believe in me because we are, we are linked. And to deny 
or believe in either the Father or the Son is to, is to deny both. 1 John 2.3 says, no one, denies the, no one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. These are, these are joined. There are those who claim to be wise, who claim to be on the right side of history, who claim to be enlightened, who claim to be modern, woke, whatever it is, but they deny the truth of who Jesus is. The reality is, if we deny the truth of who Jesus is, we are not his. We are not part of his family. We are not part of his, his, his kingdom. We are not a Christian. We are on the wrong side of eternity. If we deny Jesus, we are not in, in the light. We do not have a destiny sealed in heaven. If we deny Jesus, we do not have life. And we are still dead in our sin in darkness. Jesus is the light and he provides salvation for those who believe through him. Um, Romans 10, it was interesting. I, as I was praying through this and, and the Lord led me to this, to this passage, it was the same, same one that was, was read on, on Christmas Eve as Jason read it. Um, Romans 10, 9. Because if we confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. The most important question to answer today is, have you confessed with your mouth that Jesus is Lord? Do you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead in order to purchase your salvation? In order to have life, this passage tells us that both are necessary. They're, they're connected. Our mouth speaks what is in our heart. I don't know how it is for you, but there are times when things come out of my mouth that I wonder, I wonder where that came from. That wasn't okay. Why did I say that? Well, the reality is, where did that come from? It came from my heart. We have a heart problem. So, so what we confess with our mouth is what is in our heart. And God is saying, look, you need to believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord and you need to confess that reality with your mouth. This is the most important question. If you have not yet committed your heart to Jesus as your master and your Lord of your life, that is your most important choice. You need to repent and believe the gospel so that you might be saved. If you have made this commitment today or early, you are a beneficiary of the light. If, if you've made this commitment, then you need to express that. And part of expressing that is in baptism. One of the blessings of today is at 11 o'clock, a young man is going to be baptized by his brother. He's coming to, to confess and profess his, his faith in Jesus. Not only does Jesus save us from darkness, but he helps us to walk in the light. The second thing we need to know is that the light is the way out of the darkness. Verse 45, whoever sees me sees him who sent me. Jesus is the way to the Father. Let me be clear. Jesus does not simply show us the way to the Father. He is 
the way. He doesn't simply say, hey, this is what you need to do. He doesn't say, I'm just going to simply be the example. I'm simply going to show you how to do it. He's a human who came to earth. And obviously in that, he's, he's demonstrating what it means to follow God. But it's, it's more than that. The intent of him taking on the body for which we celebrate Christmas is not for him to simply show us how to do it. Jesus didn't simply come to earth and say, hey, I'm gonna show you how this is done. Here, hold my beverage while I show you how this is done. We need more than an example. We cannot watch a basketball game and say, man, that fellow LeBron James, he's pretty good. But now that I've seen that, I'm pretty sure I can do that. We can't watch the Olympics and go, you know that figure skating thing? That's pretty cool. I didn't know how to do that. But now that I've seen them do that, I can, I can handle that. I can, I can do that, right? The example doesn't give us all that we need in order to be able to, to do that. Jesus came to provide the way of salvation, not simply to point to it. He is the way out of spiritual darkness. It's his power, his reality, his work in us that leads us to be able to do this. John 14, 6, Jesus has been with the disciples three years and he needs to remind them of this. John 14, 6, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Notice that, how that verse is put together. He says, I am the way. He doesn't say, look, I'm gonna show you the way. He says, I am the way. I am the way to the Father. No one comes to the Father except through me. It's not as though he says, I'm gonna just come and show you what to do. I am the path. I am the method to do that. The way to walk with Jesus is the same way we came to him in, in salvation. In order to, to grow, we need to recognize our sin. We need to repent and believe the gospel and allow the power of God to be at work in us, to transform us, to make us who God is making us to be. The way of sanctification is the same way as the way of justification. Let, let me explain. Justification means to be restored to a right standing with God. When we sin, when we are born into this world sinful, we are not in a right standing with God. When we accept Christ as Savior, our debt is paid by the death and resurrection of Jesus. We are seen as righteous because God sees us. When he looks at us, he doesn't see us in our sin. He sees Jesus. And so he's like, yes, this person standing is right with me because I see Jesus. Their, their account is right. But we know that just because our account is right does not mean that we are all that we need to be, that, we're, that we are like Jesus, so at the, at the moment of salvation, this process of sanctification begins. We are seen as him, like, like Jesus, as, as justified, but he goes through this process. The Holy Spirit is working on us and making us more and more like him. As we, as we grow physically, you know, from, from little kids up through, we're able to handle more. We're able to do more. We, we become stronger. The same should be happening spiritually. 
And we're both justified and being sanctified at the same time. Eric Reed came to, to, the, to our fall retreat and he shared an illustration that I want to share with you. We're, we're kind of like two people. There were, there were two guys that, that were in my wedding. They were, they were different, but, but oddly the same in the same way. And so um, the one guy's name was Bob. Bob had grown up in a difficult home and been saved as a teenager and God radically changed him. And it was easy to see, wow, this is how he was. Boom, now he's in Christ. Man, we can really see that he is in a place where he's now in a, in a right place. Eric had, had been saved by the Lord as, at a younger age and had grown up and you could really see the change. And so just as Bob was justified, you could say, man, he's in a good spot with God. And you could see that Eric was, was changing and becoming more and more like him, both disciples, but, but changing. And so the question is, are we, are we seen as righteous by God or are we becoming righteous? The reality is both are happening at the same time. And so we're not Bob or Eric, we're both. And so you put that together, you come up with an odd name like Barak. So are we Bob or are we Eric? No, we're Barak. We are both justified and being sanctified at the same time. So we we, we get to enjoy the benefits of being in Christ while at the same time he is working on us, making us like him. We are both people. This shows the greatness of our God. We talk about the, the rhythms of, of being a disciple here at Living Hope and they express both our salvation but also this sanctifying process. We gather to worship because we're worshipers, we're made to worship. We're connected to other believers because we're part of the family of God. We, we are indeed the family. And so this morning is a gathering of the, of the family. We're equipped for obedience in order to more effectively walk with him. We serve others out of an expression of love for God. We invite others to, to, to be a part of it. To, to, we make disciples for the glory of God because there are those who are not yet part of the family of God who need to be, and, and evangelism and, and missions exist because worship does not in certain places. And so we invite people to be, to be part of that. And that rhythm is part of what it means to be a disciple. And it's not simply about looking the part, showing up at the right time, taking the class, filling in the blank, smiling at the right time, et cetera. Remember Romans 10, 9, it's about our heart. It's not just about saying the right thing. It's about God transforming our heart. In this world of, of darkness, we live in a world that is, that is full of darkness, of moral darkness. We're, we're told in order to, to be successful, we need to be, well, we're probably gonna need to bend the truth a little bit in order to kind of make that, that work, you know, or, Marriage is not held as, as sacred, it's, it's redefined. Sexual immorality is upheld as, as normal and good and, and right. And, and envy and strife, jealousy are, are common in our world. We have spiritual darkness. Those who are, who are religious, those who are Christians are, are, are often disrespected and discriminated against because we're not in step with the ways of the world, which are essentially telling us, hey, to do whatever it is that you that you want to do. Our, our world embraces a spirituality that tells us 
you can believe whatever you want. You can be whatever you want. You can be whomever you want. You get to define that. And if you change your mind, that's okay. And, and everyone else will need to embrace that. And walking with Jesus is the way of the light. The third thing you need to know is that the light is life and the way because the light is God himself. Verse 46, I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. This is the transformed light, life. The Christian life is to be lived in the light. And by this, I mean the, the ways of God. He, he calls us into light. We are set free from the law of, of sin and death. He rescued us from, from darkness. We should not use that freedom to return to the bondage of sin. There are those that have been freed from the bondage of sin, from darkness and, and into light, and yet they return to darkness and they walk as though they are still in, in the darkness. If we're set free from prison, we don't return and stay in prison and we enjoy freedom. But yet sin is, is bondage. It, it delivers less than it promises. It costs us more than we understand at first. One of the great things about the history of our nation is that we've been committed to foster freedom. We're about freedom for others and, and ourselves. And we want to be free so that we have the, the power to pursue what is, what is best. And, and we can say much here about the direction of, of, of our nation, but the truth is that um, we can only control our lives and, our, and ourselves. And so therefore we need to run after what is light and promote what is light for, for those who are around us and those that we know and those that we, we care for. 2020 has been an interesting year. Let's resolve to make 2021 a way, a, a, a year in which we walk in the ways of God. Too often we want the blessings of God. We want the, the benefits of being justified. But we, we don't really want the sanctification process. We, we want to have God bless our life and do whatever we want to do. Leviticus 18.5 speaks of our need to obey God and, and be blessed. He says, therefore, you shall keep my statutes and my rules. If a person does them, he shall live by them. I am the Lord. You will be, there is blessing in being a, a child of God. And those who are, who are truly children aren't going to cease being children, but they will not always get to enjoy the benefits of being in the family. Siblings aren't fun if, if conflict is always present. You're in the family and, and you're like, okay, I'm here, but I'm not really enjoying what is, what is, what is, what is great. Living with parents isn't fun if there's not a, a connectedness, if there's not a warmth to it. There's not, there's not a benefit in, in the, the, the possessions and the stuff of the family if, you're, if you don't obey your parents and you're always, it's always kind of taken from you. You know, I know kids are like, oh, hey, how are you great? Oh, I got a, I have a, oh yeah, I have, I, have, I have one of those. I have that game system. Oh, well, have you played it recently? Well, no. Well, why not? Well, I've, I've been punished well, for how long? I, I don't know. It's been a while. They don't get to enjoy the benefits of being in the family. And some of us are in the family of God, but we're not enjoying the benefits because we're not willing to walk in his ways. 
So we need to walk in the ways of God in order to benefit from them. The word of God has no benefit if we don't immerse ourselves in, if we don't read it, study it, apply it to our lives. Worship is worthless if we're just gonna either log on or we're just gonna come and, and stand in the room and be like, okay, I went to worship and kind of and checked it off. If our heart doesn't move, if we're not engaged in it, it's not of a, a benefit to us. The body of Christ is worthless unless we are together and we grow together and we're able to encourage and help one another. So in 2021, resolve to, to walk in the light. Resolve to grow in your faith. And, and some of this is going to be scary things. For some, it's going to be like, I, I'm not sure I want to do that. But these are growth opportunities. These are ways to, to learn. In the, next, in the next few weeks, parents who have, have, have students between K and 12, we're going to begin talking about our, our next gen's plan for, for reopening on, on Sunday morning. Begin praying about, about thinking about that. It's going to come in the first quarter, um, but it's going to involve times where, where students are together. But parents, this isn't one of those like, hey, drop and go. There's going to be times for parents of, of students to grow together, to be trained together. So we as a family are going to need to get a new rhythm. We're going to need to develop a, a practice of worshiping at one hour and of being together in community at another hour. So be looking for details of that. It's, it's coming, but I want to stir that in you so that the Holy Spirit can start working on you and saying, hey, this, this Sunday morning thing is going to need to be a time where we get up and we're here and we're engaging. One of the things that's been great about 2020 that I have loved to see and experience is the number of families that have been together in this space, in the chapel, in the rec center, worshiping together. And we want to fan the flames of that and continue that while we step up what we're doing with equipping and connecting and discipleship with our students and with our, our children. And then also with us as parents as well. So that, that's coming. I probably created more questions than answers, which is okay. Secondly, we need to develop the habits of, of being a disciple, of engaging with the body, of, of being in the word of being in prayer, creating a routine of, of corporate worship and connection to other people. I think 2020 has also showed us our need to be connected to other people. When that has been taken away, we're like, whoa, I'm feeling a little isolated. I need to be connected to other people. And then encourage others to do the same. We have the antidote, the vaccine, the solution to the darkness around us. We have it. It's Jesus. We have the answer to what people need. People need Jesus. We need Jesus. They need Jesus. Much more than we need a shot in the arm, some medication, some change in our government or whatever. What we need is Jesus. We have that antidote. We have that vaccine. And we know people who need it. And they are probably not going to come and show up and sit here and listen to my voice, but they will listen to your voice because they know you and they trust you. And so God is gonna call us to share that reality with, with other people. Get ready to thrive. Get ready to walk in the light. Know the light 
and walk in the light because he's calling us to this. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for us and then I'm gonna, when I, after I do, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read a benediction. My, my childhood pastor would end all of our services this way. I can remember sitting in the pew and he would say this every, every service. It's in, it's, in the, it's in the book of Jude um, and, we're, and we'll end that way together. But let's, let's pray. Lord God, I thank you. Father, that you have sent the light of the world here so that we might know you, so that we might live, so that we might have life, so that we might know the truth. Father God, help us to know the light and walk in the light. Father, help us to repent and believe the gospel and be connected to your body. And Lord, continue to do your work of sanctifying us, of changing us. Lord God, those who have not yet come to a place of, of repentance, God, I pray that you would show yourself to be real and lead them to that place of, of repentance. Father God, we, we thank you. We're grateful. Help us to walk in the light. God, we pray in Jesus' name, amen.